Jesus. Beloved, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm very much excited, as always, about what God keeps on doing in our lives. Sometimes we focus so much on what the enemy is doing and we forget to see what God is doing. Amen. Amen. The Lord has been so good to us. And he keeps on doing great things. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Amen. Amen. So, before I share with you what I want to share with you, I just want to give you this introduction. Have you ever wondered, there are times sometimes when it seems like things are just not working out. To an extent that people would even say, but where is God? When things are like this. It looks like God doesn't care. Or what about this? What about that? What about this? And I realize that there are times sometimes when we are keeping on saying where is God? When God is actually asking where is your faith? Amen. I want to show you from scriptures that actually it's not as if we are waiting on God. God is waiting on us. Amen. Many times when we say things are not in order and we think God will do something, God says, the heavens belongs to me and the earth I've given to the sons of men. I want you to tell me what you want to see on earth so that I can confirm it. So can we go together to the book of Mark chapter 4? I want to show you a story where the disciples, you see the things that we are facing now, Other people faced before us. There was a time when Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and there was a storm. And the disciples were expecting Jesus to do something about the storm. And Jesus expected the disciples to do something about the storm. Did you get that? I said there was a time in the life of Jesus when he was in a boat with his disciples. The disciples expected Jesus to do something about the storm while Jesus expected the disciples to do something about the storm. It's the same in our lives. We are expecting God to do something, but God is expecting us to do something to effect that which he wants to do. So look at this. Mark chapter 4, 37 to 40, New King James Version says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I want to look at those words today because in the many times we read this and we skip this, but as the Lord was taking me through this, this is something that laid very strong in my heart that there are times sometimes when we complain and say, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that this, this? Don't you care this about this? Don't you care about this? Don't you see this? Don't you see that? That's what these disciples were saying. They say, do you not care that we are perishing? Did you see that? So sometimes in your situation you think, God, don't you care? Disciples, don't you care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So they asked the question, don't you care? He asked the question, how is it that you have no faith? 
Are you getting that? They asked a question. How is it that? They said, don't you care that we are perishing? And he said, how is it that you have no faith? So in other words, when you are thinking that God doesn't care, God is asking, where is your faith? Amen. There are times, have you heard this word that Jesus often said? Where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? So in essence, he is saying, you can take charge. When you think that, Jesus, why don't you care that we are perishing? Jesus is saying, how is it that you have no faith? Amen. And actually in Mark chapter 9, when those disciples, when the, somebody brought his son who was demon possessed, and then the disciples couldn't cast out those demons. And then when that man came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you can do anything, have mercy on us and help us. Jesus said, but if, what do you mean if I can do anything? If you have faith, all things are possible to him that believeth. So in other words, I'm throwing the ball back to you. And then he said, how long shall I be with you? In other words, you guys are keeping on thinking I must do something. When you have the faith, that can change things. Amen. Can we go together to the book of Matthew chapter 16 verse 19? Just giving you this introduction, then I'll tell you the title for our message today. But this is something that challenged me and I realized actually there are many times when I think that I'm waiting on God and God is actually waiting on my faith. I must declare things. I've been given the authority on the earth. Matthew 16, 19, Good News Translation. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. And what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I want to ask you a question from this portion of scripture. What does it seem like? Who seems to be waiting for who? Earth for heaven or heaven for earth? He says, whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. So which means you must say something first on earth for heaven to confirm it. What you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So which means when I'm thinking that I'm waiting for heaven, heaven is waiting on me. I need to declare something. I need to speak something. I need to exercise my faith. And this thing of the keys, I always like this example. I think I gave this illustration to some of you before and I want to repeat this. If I give you the keys to my house and it's raining, like now it's raining. I give the, you the keys to my house and then you go and when you reach my house, you stand out in next to the door, and it's raining and you're getting wet, and you're not getting in because you're waiting on me. Okay. So you call it humility, waiting on God. So you're waiting on me, but I've given you the keys. And then you're getting wet, and when I come to you, I say, why are you outside here? Why are you getting wet? No, we're waiting on your will. If you want us to get into the house. What will be my question? Did I not give you the keys? When I give you the keys, I expected you to use the keys. 
But sometimes we are given the keys and we think we are waiting on God. So as you have the keys, make use of the keys. Declare things and decree things. And you will see that faith works. So heaven is waiting for your declarations. Faith works. So today I want to share with you about faith works. Amen. Faith works. Tell your neighbor, faith works. Amen. Go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. I'll read in the King James Version. Galatians 5, 6. King James Version. It reads, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. But faith which worketh by love. In other words, it says faith which works by love. Faith which works. So tell your neighbor faith works. Okay. So when we say faith works, so that's our title of our message. When you say faith works, in my mind there are two renditions of that. You can Take that in two ways. You can either be saying faith works, meaning faith is effective. Faith has power. It works. Okay? Or you are saying faith works as a worker. When you say somebody works, you mean they work. They are workers. Okay? So, both ways, whichever way that you want to render this, faith works. (laughs) So, faith works it's powerful and effective. Faith works like a worker. It can serve. Amen. I'm going to show you this in scriptures where some people actually thought they already had faith, but they were not making use of their faith. They were not making their faith to work, and then they were asking for more faith. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 17. This MJ, you can do it for us in the Passion Translation if you've got Passion. Luke 17 We'll do 5 to 7 and then 5 to 8. Luke 17. The Passion. Um, (coughs) Yeah. So let's go for it because you see your faith, when they were asking for more faith, you will see here, they will ask for more faith because they think they don't have enough faith. You can only see what your faith has You can only see its capability if you use it. If you don't use it, you will always think, I need more faith. So this, you will see this story now here. So Jesus will tell us when they will be asking about more faith, about more measure of faith, he tells them about whatever faith that you have, use it. And then he starts talking about a servant who is allowed not to work. I want you to look at this and understand this. Okay, let's go. Luke 17, 5 to 8. TPT. Upon hearing this, the apostles said to Jesus, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. You see, sometimes you feel like that, isn't it? Lord, (laughs) increase my faith. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jesus responded, If you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, Mm it will be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up 
by the roots and throw you into the sea. And it will respond to your faith and obey you. Okay. It will respond to your faith and obey you. Even if your faith is like very small. But if you use it, situations will respond to your faith and obey you. Continue. Jesus continued. Yeah. So, Jesus is continuing. He started talking about faith, but he's continuing now. Mm -hmm. After a servant has finished his work in the field or with the livestock, he doesn't immediately sit down to relax and eat. No. A true servant prepares the food for his master and makes sure his master is served his meal before he sits down to eat his own. Amen. <laughs> I will let my faith work for me. I will let my faith work for me. How about you? A true servant has got to serve me. Amen. Because if you let your faith lie dormant and just sit, you will not see any results. You will keep on saying, Lord, give us more faith. You've got to learn to start declaring and speaking to your situation. Even if your situation looks dire, and hopeless. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting for you to make a declaration over your situation. And as you declare things, then God will confirm his word in your life and bring it to pass. Go with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. We are going to do verse 1 to verse 11, New King James Version. Because I want to show you how faith works. So we said faith works. Faith works either saying faith is effective or faith works as a servant, as a worker. Okay? And you need to learn to start using your faith like a mechanic uses a tool. Okay? Those of you who have got cars, you know a wheel spanner. Okay? If you try to loosen a wheel spanner with your hands, it's impossible. Isn't it? You will say it's impossible because you don't have the right tool. But when you take a wheel spanner and start loosening that tire, then you will start seeing that it works. The wheel spanner works. So if you start using your faith like a mechanic uses a tool, you are going to start seeing that faith works. Amen? Faith works. But if you let your faith sit down like a servant who's not serving, you will think faith doesn't work. Amen? So Ezekiel 37. This is interesting. And here the Lord allows Ezekiel to look at his situation. So we are sometimes allowed to look at our situations and sometimes it looks dry and hopeless. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out into the, uh, in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. I want you to look at that. So in other words, he looked at the natural facts and indeed the bones were dry, very dry, dry bones. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord, you know. I want you to look at this. 
So God allows you to look at your situation and he says, do you think things will change? Can these bones live? And then Ezekiel thinks, in my mind it looks like they're very dry. I don't see how they will live. But at the same time, with God, nothing is impossible. So anyway, Lord, you know. So he throws the ball back to God. God asks him, son of man, can these bones live? And then instead of him answering, he says, oh Lord, you know. Amen? Okay. So this thing of throwing, then. So let's see, God will throw it back. Verse 4. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I want you to look at this closely now. Can these bones live? Lord, you know. And Lord says, you prophesy to these bones. Tell them what the word of the Lord is saying. So I want to ask you about your situation. When last did you prophesy to it? When last did you tell it about what the word of the Lord is saying? Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. What is the Lord saying to your situation? He has already spoken something, but you need to speak it now. Instead of you waiting for people and say, prophesy over me, man of God. Prophesy to your bones. Amen. He says here, prophesy to these bones. Speak to your dry bones. Speak to your situation. What do you say to them? Say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones. Okay, now, I'll take two examples which is usually common to all of us. Let's say your body is not feeling well. You are feeling sick in your body. That's your dry bones. Okay? So when you prophesy to the dry bones of sickness, do you say, dry bones, you are very dry, there is no hope? Here it says, prophesy to the bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. So what does the Lord say when your body is feeling sick? By the stripes of the Lord Jesus I am healed. So I now come to my dry bones. I come to my body. Body, hear the word of the Lord. I'm prophesying over my body. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus you are healed. Amen. I'm prophesying over my bones. I'm prophesying over my dry bones. I'm prophesying over my situation. Amen. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We usually talk a lot of things, either what people are telling us or what our situations are telling us, or what our, but we don't say, thus saith the Lord. So here it says, thus says the Lord to these bones. So what does the Lord say to your situation? The thing that you've been looking at and you think, this is terrible, this is troublesome. What The Lord has already said something to me. He has already said something about it. Okay? So let's take the example of you look at your bank account. 
and you look at your statement and it, does, it looks like dry bones. <laughs> you look at it and... <laughs> so that's a fact, isn't it? But prophesy to these bones. Amen. Prophesy to these bones. Hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord doesn't say that my, my bank uh, account is it's, it's bankrupt. It doesn't say that. There is no such a scripture. So what does the word of the Lord say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And even as I tithe, the Lord will open windows of heaven for me and pour me out blessings that I will not have room enough to receive. All the people of the earth will call me blessed when they see that I have a delightsome land. I'm prophesying over my bones. And I'm telling them, what does the word of the Lord say? Amen. Amen. We need to learn to do that. Prophesy over your bones. Sometimes you say, my child or my children are in drugs, my children are out and nothing is working and all that and this and this and this. That's your dry bones. Prophesy to your dry bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones. What does the Lord say about our children? Psalms 1-1-2. Our children will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Prophesy to these bones. Dry bones live again. Amen. So in other words, I'm going to tell my dry bones what the word of the Lord says. We usually tell our dry bones what other people are saying. What the politicians are saying. What so and so is saying. But that will not change anything about my dry bones. I need to take the word of God and when my dry bone is this side, I say, I want to prophesy over these dry bones. Amen. Verse 6. I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, amen. So you can see as you are prophesying, you can see what's happening now with the bones. Amen. As you prophesy. But if you are quiet and you are waiting on God, nothing will be happening. But if you, as you prophesy to your bones, he says, as I prophesy, I started hearing a rattling. Amen. Bone to bone. And as I looked, the sinews and flesh came upon them and the skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. So it was a half miracle. You remember the other time Jesus, there was this man who was blind. Jesus was healing him. He laid hands on him. He says, what do you see? He says, I see people walking like trees. Jesus said, ah, this miracle is not complete. He laid hands again on him. And now he could see perfectly well. So now here, dry bones live again. So dry bones, he started talking and this miracle is coming. But now it's like a dead body. There is flesh. But there is no breath. So what next? Verse 9. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy son of man and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord. Come from the four winds, O breath and breath on this lane that they may live. So sometimes he wants you to call your miracle into being. Amen. You call your miracle into being. So he says prophesy and, and 
come from the four winds of breath. Come. I'm calling on you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you need to say, money, come. Come. Amen. Amen. Come my way. Amen. Amen. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them. And they lived and stood up on their feet. An exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Your hopes and your expectations will never be cut off. So they were saying, our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. If that's how you face your bones, they will not change. You need to prophesy to them and tell them what the word of the Lord says. And as you prophesy, as you use your faith, actually, let me just define you what faith is. Let's go together to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. We're going to do it AMPC, Amplified Classic, Hebrews 11, 1. Faith. What is faith? Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to senses. Okay, this is faith. So faith, in it there is the term assurance. You are sure. Dupika. Utenda dupika. The assurance. The confirmation. The title deed. When we talk about the title deed, if you have fully paid your house and you don't owe on your house, they give you a title deed. If you buy your house cash, you get a title deed to say it's yours. So, the title deed is a proof of ownership. Okay? It's a proof of the things we do not see. He says, faith perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to senses. So, maybe instead of using title deeds, let me use a simple one. Bank statement. Okay. Bank statement is a proof of the money you have in the bank. Do you agree with me? So, if a bank statement says, you've got 10,000 rand, and now you go and you want to draw a thousand rand from the ATM, will the ATM give you a thousand rand? Yeah, because you, you've got the ten thousand. So if the ATM now misbehaves and says insufficient funds, contact your branch. When the statement says ten thousand rand, what do you do? You go into the bank inside. Amen? And you tell whoever, you say, I've got evidence, I've got proof that I've got ten thousand rand. So there should be something wrong with the ATM. Amen? Because I've got the proof. Amen? And when they look there, they see, yeah, you've got 10. They even check on their thing and they see, got the 10,000 rand. Then all of a sudden, you, you hear this uh, teller who is not experienced. She just started working. I can see it says 10,000 here. But is this money? Where is the notes? Where is the 10,000 of notes? No! If the statement says it's 10,000, notes are there somewhere. Amen. I don't have to see the notes to say I've got the 10,000 rand. Actually, some of you, you've got so much money that if you were to count notes of them, there will be too many to contain. But you know they are there somewhere. Amen. They are there somewhere. So the fact when I have a statement, then I have the money. So I can start withdrawing. So similarly, when you have the faith, you have the heavenly currency. Amen. 
You can start withdrawing. Amen. You can start withdrawing. But actually faith is like a sixth sense. Because here he says, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. We have five senses as people. But I want to take faith as the sixth sense. Okay. Now, this is how senses work. Can you see my voice? You can't see my voice. But you know my voice is there. Why? Because you can hear it. Now, if somebody is blind, is, is deaf, and I'm speaking, they will say there is no voice here. Isn't it? It's so quiet. Is, is it quiet? <laughs> it's not quiet. It's just you who is not hearing it. So when your senses cannot perceive what God is saying, it doesn't mean it's not there. Amen. So the problem is not with the, is the problem is your senses. Okay. If you stand before a blind man, there's nobody here. But you are there, isn't it? He is saying there is nobody because he cannot see you. But does it mean there is nobody? Eh? Yeah. So why do you now want to allow your senses? Just because they can't perceive it <laughs> and you want them to tell you it's not there. They just can't perceive it. And if my faith, if I'm praying for something and in my heart I know I have it. It says, believe you receive when you pray and you shall have it. So in other words, my, sense are, my senses are lagging behind. They will follow. They will get in later. But I believe I receive when I pray. Amen. Amen. So I've written here. If you like this. Said the fact that it, it is not revealed to senses doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Faith is like our sixth sense. Like sense number six. It can perceive things that the other five senses do not. Have you ever realized that our senses complement each other? For example, you hear things that you cannot see, like my voice. Similarly, this is not proper English, but sometimes I use non-proper English and I tell you it's not proper. Similarly, we face the things we cannot see. Okay. You said, you just told me when I was saying, can you see my voice? You said you don't see it, you hear it. So it means you hear what you cannot see. So similarly, you can face what you cannot see. Amen. So I, I like live, I want to live by faith so that my, my senses would be confused. Because they, the fact that they don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Okay? Can I show this to you? Let me show you in scriptures. Let's go together to the book of 2 Kings. Chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Verse 15 to 17 ERV. Mr. MJ, you will do this one for us. And I want to show you people that if you can't see something, it doesn't mean it's not there. It's just that it's not revealed yet to you. Because it says faith is the conviction, the reality of the revelation of the things that are not yet revealed to senses. So my senses haven't caught them up, up yet with that. But it doesn't mean it's not there. Okay, now. Look at this. This is interesting. You will see something here. 
Because I want you to start seeing with the eye of faith. I want you to start perceiving things that in the natural you may not think they are not there. And if you think they are not there, call them into being. Like prophesy to the wind and say, oh breath, come from the four corners of the earth. Amen. You call it into being. Because it's there somewhere. Okay, listen to this. Second Kings 6, 15-17, Mr. MJ, ERV. Elisha Okay, let me just give you the background to this. So it was a time when Elisha, the, pro- the prophet of God, he would prophesy and then he would tell the king of Israel what the king of Syria was doing, where the troops would be and all that. Until the king of Syria thought, it seems like there, is, there are spies among us here who are telling the king of Israel all our secrets. They said, no, it's, it, there is a servant of the Lord called Elisha in Israel. So now the armies of the enemy, they went there, they wanted to capture Elisha and his servant. Now read. Elisha's servant got up early that morning. When he went outside, he saw an army with horses and chariots all around the city. Okay. So, can you, do you know, can you agree with me that this servant was not blind? Mm. Huh? Yeah. What is the proof that he was not blind? He saw an army. Okay. So, he saw the army of the enemy. So, he wasn't blind. Continue. The servant said to Elisha, Oh, my master, what can we do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid. The army that fights for us is larger than the army that fights for Aram. Oh, that's faith speaking. Mm. (laughs) So, the servant sees this, what the enemy can do. The man of God knows our God can do better. Amen. Amen. Whatever the enemy tries to do, our God is able. And the army that fights for us is small than the army of the enemy. Okay, continue. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I ask you, open my servant's eyes so that he can see. How? I thought he could see. (laughs) Did you see now here? Open my servant's eyes so that he can see. This servant of mine, he can only see what the enemy can do. He can only see with his natural eyes. I want his spiritual eyes to be open. Now now read. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and the servant saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. And they were all around Elisha. Amen. Do you see now? So when the servant in the natural was only seeing the armies of the enemy, does it mean the armies of God were not there around Elisha? They were there. He just could not see them. It's like when the Bible says, the angel of the Lord encamps around me who fears the Lord and he delivers me. So wherever I go, the angels of the Lord are encamping around me. But you don't see them and you think that I'm not protected. Try. Amen. I'm well covered. It's exactly the same thing that happened in the den. You remember in the den when uh, Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. When he was thrown in the lion's den, the, 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 the lions could not eat him. And then, the next day when they couldn't eat him and they were checking and what happened, then he said, 
The angel of the Lord whom I serve, he sent his angel and he closed the mouth of lions. So you don't have to see the angels to know that they are there. Because the Lord says he gives his angels charge over me. To protect me in all my ways. So when he said open the eyes of my servant so that he can see. For the man of, of God, did he have to have his eyes opened? He walked by faith. I don't think he saw the angels, the men of God. He just knew they were there. He was convinced by faith that they are there. But for this young man of mine who doesn't know they are there, who is only seeing what the enemy is doing, he can only see the enemy's armies. Some of you are good at that. You can only see, you can only see the armies of the enemy. But you cannot see your Lord's armies. It needs revelation. Your eyes must be opened. So sometimes we need to pray that your eyes be opened. That you can see. And when your eyes are opened and now you can see, now you can see what God can do. Because we don't focus on the natural things. We walk by faith, not by sight. So can we go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 to 18 in the Passion. We are winding down now for today because... I want you to understand that when faith works, <clears throat> you can either let that servant sit and not work, not serve you, a good for nothing servant, or you can make your faith to work for you. Amen? But you need to know how to make it work. You need to make declarations. Prophesy over your bones. Amen? Dry bones leave. My situation change. Hear what the word of the Lord says. Second <clears throat> Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, the passion. So, no wonder we don't give up. You see, people of faith don't give up. Because they see something beyond the natural. When people are looking at natural things and they can only see what they see with their eyes, people of faith see something beyond. He says, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all, all comparison. Verse 18. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. So in other words, I don't focus my attention on what I can see. I focus my attention on what I believe, which is the word of God, which is forever settled in heaven. The word of God is eternal. So, and that's what I fix my eyes on. I may not see the word of God, the manifestation of it with my natural eyes, but in my spirit, I can see it. My faith has perceived it as a real fact. I walk by faith and not by sight. So let's land with 2 Corinthians 5, 7. New King James Version. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So it doesn't mean your senses will not tell you things there. Your senses will tell you things are bad. Things are not working out. It's getting worse. That's what your senses will tell you. But your faith will tell you, it shall be well with the righteous. Tell them, Isaiah 3.10. Tell the righteous it shall be well with them. Amen. 
So your faith need to hear what the word of the Lord is saying. You declare what the word of the Lord is saying based on your faith. So when your senses want you to see this, may you stick with what your faith is seeing. Amen? May you even prophesy about what your faith is seeing. You speak that. And you do not allow the sight to drag you down. Because the sight, the natural senses will tell you natural facts. But I want to hear the word of the Lord. Even my situations must hear the word of the Lord. And I want you to be encouraged to know that faith works. It works because it's effective and powerful. But it also works like a servant. So let's start using our faith. You don't have to wait to have more faith, increase the faith there, increase the faith there. Use your faith. Let your faith serve you. Let your faith work for you. With the brethren in the earlier service, after we shared this, we had enough time to exercise it. Unfortunately, sorry guys. For you, you will exercise it at home with prayer. So now, after now that you've had this, you've got faith. You've got your tool. You can go home now and prophesy to your dry bones. Amen. Amen. You go into your closet and say, I hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, leave. You go to the other one. Hear the word of the Lord, leave. In Jesus' name. So it means when you go to your prayer now, go with boldness. Knowing that I can decree things. When I actually thought, Lord, why don't you care that we are perishing? I thought I was waiting on God to do it, but God is waiting on me. God wants me to make a declaration and then he will back me up. In Jesus' name, amen. We've landed. Amen. Amen.